0: You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin Fans for Miami Dolphin Fans, your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. Hey everyone. This is Mike with the Fans Podcast. Uh, Today, we're going to discuss the new coaching staff as we know it, and uh, we'll also uh, touch a little bit on how we think the team might go about rebuilding. Before we do that, we're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl. I'm going to ask these guys what their thoughts were. Uh, I've got uh, Daniel Reinhardt and Jim Johnson here. What's up, Finn fans? Hello, everybody. So, were you guys as impressed uh, with the Patriots defense as I was, Dan?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. I, uh, I like a good defensive game, and we hear a lot of people complaining about, about this Super Bowl because there wasn't enough points scored. I was in particular looking at that Patriots defense anyway all the way through the playoffs, and I thought they played really well with a guy like Brian Flores who is calling their plays and is the de facto defensive coordinator coming over to Miami. That's where my eyes were. They played an awesome game, not only against the, uh, the number one scoring offense in the AFC championship game, but they also they played an even better game against the number two scoring offense in L.A. Rams, in the Super Bowl in the biggest stage you can be in, they just dominated them
0: and. You know it's funny because all year people were saying you know the weakness of the Patriots is their defense mm-hmm. and it's defenses defense. are that dead. Defense is not good. That defense is not good.
1: That that cliche that defenses win championships is over and dead, and we've seen. Quite the contrary, there in the Super Bowl, I I don't like seeing the Patriots win. Obviously, I would rather break that six finger on Brady's other hand than have a ring on it. But it was awesome to see Flores' defense show up the way they did, and I'm I'm feeling better about us having him than I than I was before.
2: Yeah, I was very impressed with that defense, and it was surprising to some degree because I don't think I've ever seen the Patriots play that solid of defense sideline to sideline across the field it was it was a bit surprising but you know it is what it is and a part of that defense why it looks so good I think is because Belichick outplayed McVeigh, and you know Jared Goff wasn't ready for that big of a game in that big of a moment so it made the defense's job a little bit easier because uh he, you know, he was he was a bit rattled. But you got to give a, a lot of kudos to the Patriots' defense. They stepped their game up big time. And for that matter, the Rams' defense was just about as good. They just uh, yeah. were up against a Hall of Fame quarterback.
0: Yeah, they did good too. Yeah, you, you know, if you're going to take those two quarterbacks and say which one is going to come through, I think most people would have said Brady if, if that was the question. I, I found the game to be interesting. I, I, I thought that... Uh, you know, Brady started off a little shaky, throwing that interception early, and uh, uh, the key to me was the the Rams couldn't take advantage of it, but uh, when they turned the ball over, the Patriots were. Uh, that, that really, to me, was the key, of the key to the game. Even with all the uh, ineptitude on the Rams' offense, they still had a chance to get back in it and couldn't.
1: Yeah, not only could they not take advantage of the miscues by the Patriots, but they couldn't stop Edelman. You know, and he deserved the MVP of that game. He it did. Uh, it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, we're going to get another assistant coach who I'll talk about in a bit from that offense. Uh, that's going to be coming over to us who's worked with Edelman too. So um, it was crazy to see how much separation he was getting
0: on those Rams defenders. He definitely deserved the MVP of that game. So was the fact the game was so low scoring surprising to you guys? I mean, it was to me. I did not yeah. expect such a low yeah, scoring
2: game. Yeah, I was definitely shocked that that it was three to nothing going into what the middle of the third quarter or yeah, something. Yeah, crazy, right? And I was, I was like, come on, there's got to be two or three blown plays in this where they're going to get quick scores. But you know, we just didn't see that, and it was a combination of both quarterbacks being a little off their games, and you know, the defense is playing solid.
1: Yeah, the Patriots secondary basically shut down those receivers. They they did an excellent job of covering them in the short short sides of yeah. the field, and then definitely long as well.
2: Yeah, what trying to throw to Gilmore on all of those pass plays was a little bit silly to me. I would have been going to some other direction if I had the opportunity.
0: He shut him down. Uh huh. All right, so who wants to go first on the uh, coaches? I will defer to my good friend Jim. Okay, oh, Jim.
1: Oh my you're goodness, up.
2: you're gonna put me on the burner, huh? You're on the spot.
1: It's not gonna be well, too I'm, hot.
2: Well, I'm supposed to be. Yeah, I know. I'm supposed to be talking about our new defensive coaches, and
0: well, that, that's where we're going, right? This is gonna yeah. be all about defense, I defense. think. Right now, I think. I think. Defense.
2: I think. I think it is. <laughs> we've got. We've got our new head coach in Flores, who's, uh, you know, just called that. Probably the best game of his of his career there at the Super Bowl, and that's a a pretty big feather in your cap when you can shut down the Rams' offense like they did. But you know, moving by past him, you know, we're looking at uh, a new defensive coordinator uh, that we're getting from the Green Bay Packers program there, Patrick Graham. you know, he was the run game coordinator and the linebacker coach there in Green Bay. And, you know, Green Bay's got a very solid program up there. They didn't do very well this year, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. Before the Green Bay uh, tenure, he was had five seasons with the Patriots, including a Super Bowl win in there. Um, and he was also, you know the uh, linebackers coach and stuff there and the run game involved in that but you know this guy is another blue-collar guy Um, he comes from solid hard-working programs and uh, you know I think he's gonna be a a good addition to the Dolphins coaching staff he is a bit green as far as being a coordinator but uh, we're gonna have to see how that all plays out We'll go on to the next guy and Rob Leonard. Uh, Rob Leonard is coming from the Giants. He was the outside linebacker coordinator from the Giants. Uh, Hasn't had a lot of success, but the linebacker play was good there, so that's a good thing. He did have uh, six years there with the Giants, uh, mostly all in losing efforts, but they did have the one winning season, 11-5 year. So, you know, he's not... uh, A guy that stands out per se but he's a solid guy that I think is going to be able to help our linebackers and uh, you know we do need some help with our linebackers hopefully we get some some more bodies to fill in there Uh, one of the guys that really interests me quite a bit is uh, Marion Hobby Uh, he's he's coming from the Jaguars Uh, he's their defensive line coach uh, he'll be one of our oldest uh, coaches on the staff at 52. Most everybody else is, is uh, 40 or younger. He brings a lot of experience to the Dolphins staff. He was a coach in college for several teams, Tennessee, Ole Miss, Clemson, Duke, and then back to Clemson, uh, always along the, the defensive line. And, uh, you know, he had a couple years uh, as a defensive line coach for the Saints back in 06 and 07. Uh, and he's, you know, 17 and 18. He was with the Jaguars on the defensive line. So he's got a lot of experience. And, you know, with this young staff, you know, they're probably going to need to lean on that experience a little bit. As far as any of the other coaches on the defense, they haven't gotten a lot of new guys yet. They have kept their strength and conditioning guys, uh, Dave Paloka and Jim Arthur, who both have a lot of years with the Dolphins. Uh, Dave has 12 years with the Finns, and uh, uh, Jim Arthur's got, I think, about six with us. So we're going to have to see who all the rest of the guys are that get settled in here.
0: Yeah, strength and conditioning is an interesting area because we had a lot of injuries last year, and I know a lot of people were... uh, uh, kind of uh, upset with the strength and conditioning coaches and the trainers and everybody else, but I don't think they were really to blame. I think a lot of those were just uh, uh, the type of injuries you're going to have regardless of how you're training.
1: I yeah, wouldn't be I mean, surprised to see a couple of people added to that part of the staff as well.
2: You know, when you go on the Dolphins website and you and you just look at coaches, there's only three listed <laughs>
1: I noticed it's
2: it's pretty comical and the strength and conditioning guys are the only ones left other than the new head coach and Flores so I got a kick out of that today everybody else is in the wind right now
1: yeah so this would be a good time for us to point out that all of these coaches that we're going to be talking about none of them officially have been hired yet these are all uh, word of mouth and you know the media saying that these are the guys coming Um and it doesn't sound like such a bad list over on the defensive side. I'm I'm especially curious to see what this defensive line coach can do for us because they've had some really good defensive linemen in Jacksonville.
2: Yeah, they. they I am I am excited to see what Hobby can do. And uh, I will say that I did hear a rumor about Dom Capers potentially coming in as some sort of defensive consultant for the team. That would be that would be outstanding if they could pull that off.
1: That would be an A plus hire. in any capacity exactly yes absolutely
2: fingers crossed fingers crossed
1: (laughs) uh we still haven't heard anything lately on the brett bielema front either but it sounds like he may be moving to dc up in in new england so keep your eyes out on that as well i suppose this will be the point where we move over to the offensive side of the ball and believe it or not from what is being said in the media we've got at least seven new hires right now on the offensive side of the ball but i'm going to start with the one retread the guy who's coming back and that's eric studsville eric studsville has been an nfl coach for 20 uh 22 years the previous five before that he spent in college as a grad assistant and a dc it's funny that he's a running backs coach because he actually played defensive back in college But from 1997 all the way through now, he has been a running backs coach in the NFL. And over those 22 seasons, he's had 12 1,000-yard rushers. Uh, Some of the guys that he's worked with is Tiki Barber, uh, Nosha Moreno, Willis McGahee, uh, C.J. Anderson, Curtis Enos. A lot of guys who know what it takes to be really good rushers and we know, (laughs) what's that? He worked with Gore. It did work with Gore, and he knows Drake, and he knows Balazs, our, our new young guy coming out of the draft. So I think that's a, probably a good retread hire to keep him. Uh, I like him, and, and I like what he's done with the running game up to this point when when the running game has been given the option or the opportunity. Uh, the next one we'll go with here is the special teams coach. Now, everybody's sad to see Rizzy go. Uh, Rizzy was a great coach for us. He is being replaced by a, a man named Danny Crossman. Crossman most recently was a special teams coach for the Bills, but before that, he also was a coach for the Lions and the Panthers in, in the same uh, in the same place as a special teams coach. You're going to notice me say multiple things during me talking about the offensive guys and talks about success. Studville is a, a one-time Super Bowl champion coach. Uh, Danny Crossman doesn't have a Super Bowl championship, but he was a cornerback for Pitt, second-team All-American, and captain of the London Monarchs who world, uh, won worldly World League World Bowl I. He was the MVP of that game, so he knows what it takes to to perform on a big stage. Uh, I don't know much about him. Um, he didn't really play much in the league, and as far as I'm concerned, the Bills, the Lions, and the Panthers haven't had much for special teams coming uh, the last several years. So uh, I'm anxious kind of about this hire. But he does have 26 years of coaching, um, 16 of which were in the NFL. So he does have the experience necessary. The next guy I'm going to talk about is George Godse. He's going to be our tight ends coach. Uh, he's coming over from the Lions from last year. So when Jim Bob Cooter got fired by the Lions as offensive coordinator after this season, he was set to take over as the O.C., but apparently is choosing to come to Miami. Uh, He was a former Georgia Tech quarterback who finished his career as the most accurate passer in Georgia Tech history. He's an Arena Bowl champion with the Tampa Bay Storm. Uh, He's been uh, in the NFL since 2011, uh, the first four years of which were with the Patriots as an offensive assistant and a tight ends coach. He was an offensive coordinator for Houston for two years. He was a defensive assistant and special projects coordinator for the Lions before moving over to their QB coach. So he's got some experience in multiple different areas of, of the offense and as well as the defense. Um, I, I don't – like looking at the Lions, I couldn't say I think that this guy has had an impact, but uh, obviously he's got something that we're looking for. So I'm excited to see what God's can do. Uh, our next coach is going to be a guy named Carl Durrell. He's going to be our wide receiver coach. And the last job he had was with the Jets, where he was with them from 2015 to 2018. Now, he was a college wide receiver at UCLA and a three-time Rose Bowl champion. So you'll notice the things that that these guys have in common up to this point is that they have championship caliber traits. They've, they've been in championship games. They've coached in championship games. Uh, I like that coming into our offensive coaching. Uh, He also used to coach for the Miami Dolphins as a wide receiver coach. He was uh, the wide receiver coach from 08 to 2010 and the QB coach in 2011. Now you'll remember in 08, we won the, the AFC East for the last time that year under Tony Sperano, we went 11 and five that year. And uh, that was the last time we really had a lot of success as far as, uh, you know, winning the division. Obviously, we've been to the playoffs recently, but uh, he left after the 2011 season to go to Houston and be their quarterback's coach, where they finished 12th or 8th in points uh, for that year. So uh, he's got a little bit of, of something that we're looking forward to seeing as well. Uh, the next guy is our offensive line coach. He's he's a man named Pat Flaherty. Uh, Pat Flaherty has 40 years of coaching experience. Now That's a lot of experience, 19 of which has been in the NFL. He is a two-time Super Bowl champion with the New York Giants, both of those, over the New England Patriots. Uh, I think that's a really interesting thing to look at and point to because he knows not only what it takes to be a Super Bowl champion, but also to beat the Pats at the biggest stage. He, He started his coaching career in 1978, and between seven programs, between 78 and 99, he was a head coach, an offensive line coach, a defensive end coach, a tight ends coach, and a special teams coach. After leaving the university of iowa in 1999 he became uh an offensive coordinator offensive coach a tight ends coach for the redskins bears and then finally to the offensive line with the giants from night uh, from 2004 to 2015 um most recently with the jaguars so we're bringing up not only the defensive line coach from the jags but also the offensive line coach from the jags uh, it'll be interesting to see what he can do in miami the next guy is a three-time Super Bowl champion coach. He's going to be coaching our QBs, and that's Jerry Shulpinski. His most recent, he was uh, the assistant quarterbacks coach for New England. So uh, Flores is bringing him from New England. He was learning under Josh McDaniels. Now, he was the assistant quarterbacks coach because McDaniels is the OC and the QB coach. But it's interesting to note that these guys went to and played together at the same college and I think that what that tells me is that McDaniels probably had a lot of trust in him. Uh, Shilpensky has six years in the NFL, so he's kind of a fast riser. But uh, if you listen to the players that he's, uh, he's coached, uh, guys like uh, Jacoby Brissett said he's one of his favorite coaches ever. And Jimmy Garoppolo says he wouldn't be where he's at right now without this guy. Um, he, has the, uh, he has the respect of his peers and not only his peers, but also his players. Yeah, that was a pretty um, he,
2: big, pretty big endorsement from Garoppolo. That's for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I posted that article earlier on the page. If anybody wants to go back and read that article, um, it's a really great read. And it sounds to me like uh, Shulpinski is is a guy that we're gonna we're gonna love having on our on our coaching roster. Uh, two left here, and uh, the next one is another guy coming over from New England, and that's Chad O'Shea. Chad O'Shea has been the wide receivers coach in New England since 09. And if you know anything about New England, you know that they're apt to getting to and winning the Super Bowl. Chad O'Shea is a three-time Super Bowl champion coach. Uh, he knows what it's he knows what it's like to coach a room of guys who prepare to be champions. Uh, not only that, but he was he's been an offensive assistant in some way, shape, or form in the NFL since 03. So he's been a tight ends coach, a wide receiver coach, special teams coach. He recruited in college. Um, It's looking like this may be a very good hire as well. But a lot of people are kind of iffy about this because he actually hasn't been an offensive coordinator in the NFL. This will be his first time as being a coordinator. So uh, only time will tell if he has what it takes to be a coordinator. But this is looking like one of those moves that is either make or break as far as our offense is concerned. And then the last guy, we do not I don't know if we have a specific title for him yet. It was looking like he was going to be our QBs coach and then maybe our OC. And uh, now it's kind of looking like special advisor or assistant head coach, but that's Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell is a two-time Super Bowl champion in 08 with the Indianapolis Colts and in 2012 with the Baltimore Ravens. He has been coaching since 1977. Uh, he started his coaching career with the University of Iowa Hawkeyes. Go Hawks! and uh since 01 he has been a quarterbacks coach and assistant head coach and uh, offensive coordinator QB's coach all of those things in the league and like i said he has led he has been a part of two super bowl championships he also led the indianapolis colts to a 14 and 2 record his rookie coaching season uh, the number one seed in the afc only to lose to the saints in the super bowl and for me if if you're paying attention to the numbers what what I have given you on this list of people is a coaching ca- a coaching carousel with 14 Super Bowl championships on their on their belt under their belt. I I can't remember an off season for any team, damn near any team that is bringing in 14 Super Bowls to their offensive side of the ball. So for me, like I don't know what to expect but I'm pretty damn excited about it.
2: Yeah, and if you add the the Super Bowl titles from the defensive guys, you're adding another six or seven more titles. So yeah. that's pretty that's pretty impressive uh, resume for your coaching
0: staff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that's not something that we've seen with Adam Gase. <laughs>
0: Fair uh, enough. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, no, I mean, it's, it sounds promising. Uh, you know, you, you're, a little concerned that some of these guys have not been coordinators before. Um, because we've been down that road, you know, with Matt Burke and a, and a few other guys.
1: What'd you say? Who's it? Did you say Matt Burke? Uh, forget
0: it. Forget, forget I, I, uh, I
1: I mean, goodbye, Matt Burke. For all yeah. you fans listening who've wanted Burke gone. See
2: bye. Bye. Hopefully he takes lot, all of that vanilla defense with him. Um, yeah, no, it's it's going to be a whole new direction. And, I, you know, you mentioned the Adam Gase angle uh, without all of the influence from the Patriots uh, and the inexperience of the head coach and so forth and so on. Well, Flores is, you know, not any more experienced right. as far as being a head coach. But I'll say this, I think he's a little less arrogant than Mr. Gase is or was oh, or what have so. you. And I think if he can bring in a guy like Jim Caldwell and and lean on his experience, not that he's gonna do everything Caldwell suggests, but if he's you know, I think I think he's gonna to listen to everybody and what they have to say and consider whether it's a better idea than his own thoughts and and move forward with what he thinks is best for the team, not just whatever idea is in the top of his mind. So Uh, I'm a little more excited about uh, potentially learning as we go quicker than uh, our last regime.
1: I, I loved his press conference because not not because he was a great speaker because he kind of, he kind of stumbled his way through it a little little bit. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. This is his first opportunity at head coach, but I loved the humility involved and you can really tell that he's had to work for everything that he's, he's earned, you know, and, uh, (laughs) I, I was reading the comments on one of these, and I'm just going to throw this in here because it made me laugh. And one of the one of the Dolphins fans in, in one of the comments said, "At least he's, he's not chasing a taco around the screen." Yeah, it you know? was like and, the
0: first comment I saw. <laughs> and I, did, yeah. I didn't find it funny.
1: Uh, <laughs> I, I loved I, it. It was so funny.
0: I
2: commented on one. I said, "At least he doesn't have gay eyes."
1: Yeah, and so, and uh, and you people are ruthless. He's a polar opposite. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, my point is, is he's the polar opposite. I like of Gace, what we had. Okay? I
0: like Gase. was liked him. He had his issues. Okay. I liked him but too, I like but Gace.
1: I liked him too. But, but by the end, I was sick to death of him and but here's, here's like losing I, here's where i was going with all of this uh-huh. he said something in his press conference that really stood out to me okay and he was talking about the year and i think it was 2012 where the patriots beat the seahawks in the super bowl and at the time he was the the safeties coach and he had four or five guys in his room and he was talking about how he had coached differently up to that point and he found a formula to coach these guys that not only worked in their professional lives, their personal lives, but on the field. And when I think about him saying that, and then I look at this coaching staff, okay, he's bringing in multiple coaches who have multiple Super Bowl championships. And at some point during their career, they had ebbed instead of flowed and found the formula that worked for them as coaches to not only, you know, help those players develop, but help them develop into champions. And, and so I'm, I'm really excited about the staff that he's bringing on and it remains to be seen if it translates, you know, we was talking about a little while ago, it remains to be seen if it translates, but at this point right now, I'm way more excited than I thought I was going to be. And on the flip side, I would love to hear one of those jets podcasters talking about the coaching staff that he's oh, bringing man, in. that's because, cold. I mean, it's, it may be cold, but you know, they had a lot of failure in Miami and now they're going to New York.
2: Yeah, you know, I got to say, Daniel, that uh, I really hadn't thought about all of the Super Bowl uh, wins that are these these guys had accumulated, and uh, you've kind of turned me turned my mind towards that a little bit just in this podcast, and I'm like, well, you know, it's a lot better than than not having all those championships, so. Uh, most guys don't have that to to pull off of.
1: And- I don't care if they have yeah. four
0: billion championships. The question is, what kind of teachers are well,
1: they? Well, oh and, yeah. And here's the thing: we got to keep it in perspective because a lot of fans are going to hear I talked about fourteen Super Bowl championships coming over on the offensive side of the ball, and they're like, "Oh my God, we're going to be champions." chill the hell out on that fans because it's going to take a while and and we're about to talk about the rebuild and what that's going to look like you know what i mean so like we have got a long ways to go but having the coaches with that experience is going to help us
2: yeah yeah we're just trying to throw some of the fans a life jacket you know so that they don't drown themselves but uh, obviously Obviously, we don't want to start uh, swigging the Kool-Aid just yet, but, you know, some of these guys that are unheard of have some pretty good uh, credentials to, to look at. So that's a good thing.
0: That's a great thing. I sure as hell sure is. It is. Uh, you know, you all, it, it's better than having that coach that came from BFE and you don't know a thing about him and, and he's never accomplished anything that you can get excited about. You know, at least these guys have some accomplishments under their belt. Uh, so that's well, really what you're looking for.
1: I think it's really important to note. And as we start talking about the rebuild, you said, what Moody, is that the new defensive line coach? Uh, how hobby. Many, hobby. How many years of experience does he have? Because our new offensive line coach has 40 and we're yeah, going to talk about, uh,
2: he's we're 53 gonna talk years old about- and yeah, he's got, uh, he first started in 89, I believe.
1: See inside ha- out. And these coaches he with was experience actually, is going to help that a lot.
2: Hobby was actually drafted by the Minnesota Vikings and then traded to the Patriots, played three seasons. So he had five sacks and a couple of kick returns. So he he's, he's seen the NFL field too.
0: Okay. So we've got that covered. All right, Dan. So we've gone over the staffs, uh, the offensive staff and the defensive staff, uh, are you feeling better now about the uh, Flores hire? Because I know a couple of weeks ago uh, you were kind of on the Richard bandwagon, and uh, you didn't want to hear nothing about Flores.
2: Yeah, uh, I think he was <laughs> spitting mad. I think Mike.
0: Yeah, I've had multiple people ask me
1: about Flores, and and I say if you want to know what I really thought about Flores, go back and listen to the podcast. Um, but yes, I <laughs> got his ass. But but yes, my uh, my mind has changed. Um, and I don't know if it's just time, you know, because sometimes we're mad immediately and then a little bit of time gives us an opportunity to cool the hell down. Uh, Or if it's the fact that I see the mind a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, that too. Um, yeah, well, it's,
2: it's a knee jerk reaction. Yes.
1: You know, I think it may have also something to do with the performances that I seen the Patriots defense putting on in, in the playoffs Mm -hmm. and, and after watching his press conference and seeing his humility and, and talking to. Uh, you're gonna kill me for this, but I I know a couple of Patriots fans. Talking to them, why and, and would you talk to them? I I want to get their take on Flores. What and do they
2: know? Jesus, Jesus, I gotta <laughs> live with
1: them. They're sad to see him go, and and so yes, my my mind has changed on that. I am more than cautiously cautiously optimistic. I I am looking forward to uh, see what he can do in years three through five. Because he's the only coach this year that got offered a five-year contract.
0: Yeah, a guaranteed five-year contract. Yep. Uh, Which nobody else has gotten, obviously, as you said. And, uh, you know, what do I care? It's Ross's money. He can guarantee whatever he wants. Uh, If he decides in year two they have to go a different direction, they can go a different direction. He just has to pay out of his pocket. But, no, I I mean, I I think they're going to take a uh, patient approach to this. I mean, everything you read points to that. There's basically two ways you rebuild a team, and uh, it's all centered around the quarterback. And you guys have heard me say a number of times it's all about the quarterback, and it really is all about the quarterback. Um, the two methods are what he gets paid. If you have a quarterback on a rookie deal, you build your team one way, and if you have a quarterback uh, making, you know, ten to thirteen percent of your cap, you build the team another way. Uh, the team that has that higher paid quarterback is going to have weaknesses elsewhere. That's the competitive balance that the NFL seeks. Uh, so, you know, you may have that great quarterback, but your uh, defensive secondary may not be good. Or your defensive line may not be good. Something has to come from somewhere. Uh the salary caps like a pizza pie you know there's only so many slices in it before you know you eat two slices there's a hole there and, and that hole is going to be on the other side of the ball or it's going to be a receiver or it's going to be somewhere uh, so a lot of teams are opting now to draft younger quarterbacks and uh turn them over a little more often and uh you saw that with uh Uh, The Eagles and and Carson Wentz, uh, you know, they were able to build up a pretty strong defense uh, with the young quarterback. You saw it this year with the Rams, uh, you know, and Goff. uh, They were able to build up their defense and have a pretty strong team. Um, The Chiefs with Mahomes is another example. They put together a pretty strong team. Uh, I wonder how long these teams are going to sustain that once these uh, rookie deals fall off. And uh, because of that, uh, I question whether they're going. The Dolphins, I mean, are going to uh, take a quarterback this year. I don't think they are. Uh, I don't think that makes sense. If that is the blueprint that they're following, if that's the blueprint that they're following, they're better off waiting to get their quarterback. Build the lines first. Uh, get get your team stable first, and then you draft that quarterback because you want to hold that team together, and you want that quarterback on his rookie deal as long as possible. So, to me, that makes more sense. And that's why I think they'll bypass quarterback this year and uh, draft one next year. Now, they may draft one this year and have him come in and compete and this and that, but he won't be the answer. He won't be the guy they're really looking for, I believe. Uh, so, how do you guys feel about that?
2: Yeah, I've thought right along uh, that they're going to look to 2020 to select their, their franchise quarterback. Uh, the selection is a lot deeper for that year of the college group, um, the talent is deeper at quarterback. So, if you, unless you're in love with a guy in this year's draft, you're you're kind of shooting yourself in the foot a little bit to draft somebody that may not be, you know, the answer and you know we talk about reaching in a draft you know you pick a guy too early well if you pick a guy in 2019 when you should have picked a guy in 2020 well and that's a really big reach so you know you know if it's me i'm i'm not going to be all that worried about trying to get your quarterback this year Uh, i'd probably consider trading down and and adding another second round pick or something and and give you another high draft pick for that offense or defensive line that we so desperately need.
0: And I'll tell you something else, if they're not successful or as successful as they think they'll be in putting those lines together this year, then I would not put it beyond them to wait till 2021 and go after that kid that everybody wants.
1: Yeah, Sunshine. They call him Sunshine. Sunshine. (laughs) <laughs> I know you don't care what they call him, but I, I mean, I, t- I completely agree. There's only one way to rebuild this team that's from the inside out. So, in my mind, there's no way we draft a quarterback. We've got to get the linemen, we've got to get the linebackers, and we've got to get the, the secondary. So, for me, a quarterback is out of the question as far as the rebuild goes, because even if we got a young guy who is going to be on a rookie contract for a while, like you said, we got to have more pieces in place for that. So I'm with you hundred percent.
2: Yeah. I would just keep that, keep that quarterback number below that 5% window. And I would skip, you know, your franchise quarterback search this year and look to 20 or 21. I'd hate to see it go all the way to 21. Uh, but you got to keep that. You got to keep that cap number as low as possible because we've got a lot of other positions to fill. And if we can get it filled with the draft and some free agents, uh, you know, hold off on your quarterback for a year or two.
0: Okay, guys.
1: Anything else? That's about all I've got. I would like to add uh, that you heard me talk about posting an article earlier. For any of you that are not already members of the page that I'm speaking of, we we come from a page called Miami Dolphins Number 1. That's hashtag one on Facebook, where we talk about the Miami Dolphins 24-7. We'll have all the conversations about cap space, quarterbacks, building from the inside out, and the coaching staff there on that page. We would love to have you join us there. So that's Miami Dolphins hashtag one on Facebook. Jim?
2: Yeah, you covered it. Daniel, you know, we'd love we're talking Dolphins football on that group, uh, you know, pretty much 24 seven. And we post all of the information like basically instantly as it gets posted to Twitter or any of the, the, the NFL network news. So come check us out and join and uh, hope that you are listening in and downloading and liking and
1: sharing this pod. Yeah, please like, share, comment, and subscribe to this podcast. Let us know what you think about Flores and the staff. We'd be really interested to hear how much Flores has grown on you or if you're as excited as I am about all those Super
0: Bowl championship coaches coming over to our team. Yeah, you make a, you're make making me crave a championship. You know, I've kind of put that on the back burner since 1974. Uh, (laughs) well well give it a few years
1: and we'll see how close we
0: are yeah I'm telling you you know it'd be nice just to be competitive and to go into Sunday knowing, you know what if we play well we're gonna win yeah I'd give anything for that and I'm not even worried about championships just let me turn on the game and know I'm gonna see a good one you know
1: it's been far too long since we've been consistently competitive and, and I'm, I'm so looking forward to those days again because my sons, you know, they're growing up in a Dolphins yeah. tenure that they don't, I mean, they follow the Dolphins because Daddy does, but they don't see the Dolphins win. And it's time for right. those Dolphins to get those young fans.
0: That's right. All right, guys, thanks for joining me tonight. And uh, everybody that's listening, thank you. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, we'll go ahead and see you next week. Uh, the last thing I got to say is Fins Up. Fins Up.